I'd like to invite to the stage uh, James and Simone, who are going to kick off our first session about kids and screens. So would you give them a warm welcome, please? James and Simone, well, great to have you with us. I've had a quick conversation and a little get to know you, but I think it'd be good for these guys to have that little snapshot as well. Can you tell us three things? I'll do two and then one. Where, where are you from? Where have you, where have you come from this morning, today? And what do you do in various roles? Uh, we've come from Wollongong. We live, uh, we didn't actually come up today, we came up yesterday, and it took take us a while. We live in Wollongong in a suburb of, called Fig Tree. We go to Fig Tree Church there. Uh, I'm a mum. I've been homeschooling my kids for 17 years. Uh, I'm also a music teacher and I do a bit of casual teaching now the kids are a bit older. Uh, James is an IT guy. <laughs> that usually kills the conversation right there, so, you know, just, just let it go. Yeah. Fantastic. And who might you have at home? You're talking about kids and screens today. Well, here's a photo. Who do you have at home who might place themselves in front of a screen? Okay, so uh, we might work out from the bottom. We have Sebastian. He's our demonstration model we've managed to bring with us today. He's sitting down in the front reading a book. Um, he's 13 and still homeschooling. Uh, then the next one up is Jemima. She's 15. She's going to school this year for the first time to do Year 11. Uh, Then we have Elliot, he's 17, he's going into year 12 at school this year. Then we have Rosemary, she's 19, she's just finished her first year of primary education at uni and just loving it. Uh, Then we have Oliver, Oliver is almost 21, he's 21 in two weeks' time. He's been studying jazz at the James Morrison Jazz Academy in Mount Gambia for the last couple of years. And he's just announced his engagement to his girlfriend, Chantelle, and they're getting married later this year, so that's very exciting for us. And then the oldest one is Madeline, and she got married a year ago, as you can see, and uh, she's still studying music, uh, double in music and education at New South Wales Uni, Um, but she's now having a baby in June. So that kind of defers that last semester for her for a little bit longer, and she's married to Owen. Very good. So a big family, lots, lots happening in your household. So kids and screens is what you're going to be talking about to us today. Now, I had a quick trip down memory lane and tried to work out what my earliest memory of a screen was, and it was something, you can pick up my generation here, something like in the back of the classroom, the Apple IIe, the green screen, and it was a fight to play the game, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> And you had 30 kids all lined up for this one computer in the back of the classroom. And if your school got on the shopper docket and brought in enough shopper dockets, you could purchase a whole new computer for the school. And so having one screen in the school was a privilege. But I think it's different right now today. Uh, you are so young. <laughs> <laughs> I won't keep, tell you what it looked like when I was in that. school. <laughs> well... I look forward to hearing more from you. I'm going to hand over to you guys now. Thank Give you. another round of applause. All right. Well, uh, it's fabulous to be here. Lovely to see such a, a great venue. Um, we usually do workshops that are like, you know, three, four hours long. So we're going to try and speed that up a little bit. So I thought we had to boil it down to the secret to successful cyber parenting. Just what you really need to take away today, all right? And to set the scene for that, I need a little bit of participation for you. Because as we were saying, things have changed recently. And I used to ask, how many computers do you have at home? But that's an irrelevant question. What I want to ask you is just spend a a minute with someone next to you figuring out in your house how many devices you have that connect to the internet. 
Okay? Okay, I'll give you a hint. It starts with computers and laptops. Don't forget your phone. Have you got an Xbox or a Wii or a PlayStation? That probably connects to the internet. Don't forget your uh, appliances. Anyone got a smart TV you can watch Netflix on? Actually, I left my coffee machine on this morning, so I'm going to turn that off. It's connected to the internet. Okay, the coffee machine's off now, so I feel a whole lot better. Have you, have you got a quick count? All right, um, let's just do a show of hands. Put your hand up if you have five or more devices at home that are connected to the... Well, there you go, see? This is kind of a relevant topic. Who's got maybe 10 or more? Okay, who, who got up to 15? Keep them up there if you've got 20. 25... Okay, yeah, I'll keep going, 30, 35, 40, yeah, I think I got to 41. Um, but we do have six kids, so if you do per capita, maybe you've got plenty, right? Um, but, you know, and, and as, as I say, everything connects to the internet, so we're in this connected world. Um, a, a lady in the middle of Africa on a smartphone has more access, access to more information at her fingertips than Bill Clinton did when he was president in the Oval Office. Right? So we live in this incredibly connected world. That impacts our lives in lots of ways, and it's not just your kids that it impacts. It impacts you, and it impacts how we relate to each other. I'm sure you're aware of that. You, we, you could probably all share stories about that. So um, in order to sort of hit quickly the kind of things, the issues we deal with, I thought I'd talk to you about the six cyber parents you don't want to be. Okay, so we, we wrote this book called Cyber Parenting about what do you do when technology invades your house and you've got to raise kids. So here's the first one, if I get my clicker going um, and not fall off the stage. The she'll be right, mate, parent. It's all like going to be okay. I don't need to think about it. Um, you know, these kind of parents are, um, I guess they're uninformed about technology and the issues they may or may not raise. They just think it'll be okay. Um, they, the, the kids are smart. They were born with this stuff, but they confuse technical savvy and knowing, you know, being born, being able to take it out of the box and get it working without looking at a manual, that's one thing, with making wise choices about how they use technology. Not the same thing at all. Um, and they're not actively engaged in their child's digital world. Yeah, it's, it's just going to happen, it'll be fine. So that's probably one you're not really um, keen on being. The other one is related to that, they couldn't be bothered. Oh, yeah, I know this stuff, but, you know, look, it's just too hard. Um, they, they don't sort of set up basic protection for their kids in terms of just making sure they don't stray into areas on the internet that aren't going to be that helpful for them. They don't supervise or monitor their young kids' use of technology. Um, they don't hold regular conversations with them about the online world. And, this, you know, if you see something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you just close the window and come and get mum. None of those kind of conversations happen. They don't sporadically just check on their kids' history of what they've been doing online or anything like that. So they're, they're, it's all, you know, couldn't be bothered. And then the close... Sister to this one, or brother if you like that, is it's just like this tech stuff makes my head explode. It's all too hard. I don't understand it. I wasn't born into this. You know, and at one level, they maybe they're afraid of technology. It's just too difficult. They don't really want to know about it. La, 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 um, and maybe it'll all just go away. I can't see it going away anytime soon. Um, so, then we turn the corner a little bit, and we've got the ones that actually do relate to technology, and it's do as I say, not as I do, all right? You've been on the screen too much. 
except that I'm permanently glued to my phone, all right? And you can't go on that because it's not suitable, but what kind of content do I watch or engage in? Or, um, you know, you shouldn't be uh, talking to so many people, but my online conversations are f- laced with vitriol and anger. So there's, you know, in parenting, we've, we've been working in, in parenting in lots of topics beside technology, and we have this saying, in parenting, more is caught than taught. Gee, that's a hard one. You have to model how you act, because they are little sponges, and they soak up what you do rather than what you say. So we need to be setting good technology examples. And, and let me drive this home to any of you with parents of young teens or older teens. If you're fiddling with your phone while you're driving, what example are you setting? Okay. Then you've got the ones that have just fully embraced technology. I mean, they were, you will be assimilated, right? They were born with this stuff implanted in their brain. Apologies to the hardcore geeks, because I know I have actually mixed at least three different sci-fi references in the one slide. Um, but... You know, that they are, that in terms of the matrix, they, they already took the blue pill, right? They are absolutely in there and they, they buy their kids' technology stuff when they're born. So the, the worst toy of, I think, 2013 um, was the iPotty. Any of, you remember, um, any of you remember toilet training your little ones and, you know, sitting there reading books to them and singing songs and all that lovely mum or dad time with... Now you just buy them a potty with an iPad holder and you clip that in and you can walk away and go and get on with your day. And leave them there for a couple of hours and see if anything's there at the end, right? <laughs> I don't recommend it. And finally, this is a common one, particularly as we've seen older parents. Uh, lock them up till they're 18. I knew that technology stuff will get you into trouble. That's it. Cyberbullying, taking away your devices, you know? I'm just going to live in a monastery, pretend the real world isn't out there, and we will just cut ourselves off. Yeah, good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Um, these are really six different parents you don't want to be. So what do we do? What's the answer? How are we going to get through this time with our kids as more and more devices get into our houses and new stuff comes up tomorrow? What is the secret to successful cyber parenting? Well, the secret to successful cyber parenting is that it is more about the parenting than it is about the cyber Lots of times we speak to people who want a cyber solution to their cyber parenting problems when actually it's the parenting solutions that are going to make a difference and not the cyber stuff. So we're going to go back a little bit and look at what parenting solutions we need to think through so that we can then apply them to the technology world. So as parents, we need to what? What do we need to do? Ordinary parenting, pre-technology parenting. This is what parenting is. It was parenting then and it's parenting now. What do we parents need to do? We need to be informed. We need to be informed as what's out there that our kids are getting involved in. And now we're in a technological world. It's technology. We need to be informed. What is it that our kids want to play with? What is it that the devices that they're on... What apps do they want to use? What social media sites do they want to go to? We need to be informed and know something about where it is that their kids are Let me are just living. ask them a question. Do any of you have teenagers with a um, smartphone? Do you know what apps your teenagers have on your smartphone, on their smartphone? Lots, seeing lots of nods, that's fantastic. You need to be informed not just about the technology, the risks, the areas of danger they may get into, but also how they're engaged in using it. 
second thing we need to do is to teach our children. Now, as James alluded to before, if you've ever handed your young child a box with a new device in it, you don't have to teach them how to unwrap the box, get the device out and get it going because they can do that faster than you can fumble around from the instruction manual. They've got it. So we don't need to teach our kids how to use any technology. But we do need to teach them how to use it wisely and how to be wise while they use it. That's what we need to teach them because they're not born wise. They're born wise in their own eyes. The Bible tells us that. They don't know what they're doing and we need to teach them how to behave wisely. Uh, The third thing is to model. We always hate this part about the parenting kind of instruction, isn't it? The bit where you have to actually model good parenting to your children. It's always so hard. We have to model wise use of technology because our kids are always watching us and you know they are because you hear them playing games in another room and talking to each other and you think, they're copying me, they're saying the things that I say. They're watching us. We need to model how we use our technology so that they will watch us and do the right thing. Uh, And not just how we use technology but how we behave online because as our kids get older and they have a presence online and you have a presence online, they can see the things that you say and do online and they are watching how even if they're 15, 16, 17, 20, 21, 25, they're watching how we speak online and learning from us. Protect. We have a job as parents to protect our children from harm. We do that in a physical sense and we do that in terms of schooling and friendships and a whole lot of things, safety, heaps of stuff. And we need to do it when it comes to technology. And it's our responsibility to protect our children from harm. And, and this is where what most of the talks that you'll ever hear from others talk about when it comes to cyber stuff. It's cyber safety, right? They'll talk to you about putting up filters on your network or putting parental control software on your devices. And you know what? That's great, but it's this much of the solution. Um, Protect is good. Uh, I I tend to think of it as um, you put up a pool fence because you don't want a toddler falling in. But you still teach your kids to swim. And if your cyber parenting consists of what software do I need to install, how do I make my network safe, and how can I lock down their device so they don't do anything wrong, you've got the pool fence. But you haven't taught them how to be wise and so on. So we still do that. We still love to help them learn to drive. Um, You know, in New South Wales, there's 120 hours of driving instruction. I've got six kids. Do the maths. (laughs) Right? And... They can learn to drive, steer the vehicle and control it in the first 10 to 20. 10 if it's an automatic, 20 or 30 if it's a manual after they've wrecked your clutch. And, <laughs> and um, you know, they've got the mechanics down pat. But in 120 hours, we get, A, great parenting time. Boys who are rude to their mother don't drive a Mitsubishi Colt. I'm sorry. You know? So you've got leverage. But you've also got um, fantastic time to see situations that they wouldn't normally come across... Um, without you in the car if they just learnt to control the vehicle and then got their licence. So you get to drive on holidays, country roads, wet at night, in storms, all sorts of stuff, Sydney traffic, oh, Lord help us. So, um, you know, you get all of this experience with them, with you by their side, and that's the journey we need to take them on in technology as well, not just install some cyber-safe software and walk away. Having said that, if you don't have cyber-safe software in your house, if you don't have filters, if you haven't password-locked devices, we'll talk a little bit more of that in a minute, then you need to do that because that's the protection aspect. Lots of parents do it, fantastic. But we do meet parents who 
haven't got around. You wouldn't to it. install a pool without putting up a pool fence. So install your pool fence and your computers. Alrighty, next one is supervise. We need to supervise what our kids are doing online. Now this is a hard one, and people often ask us questions about this because you can't be there every second of what they're doing and. You shouldn't have to be there every second of what they're doing unless they're little, in which case, yes, you do need to be there all the time. But supervision takes different forms over the life of your child. Uh, When they're quite young, you are going to sit with them. And then when they're older, they're going to sit by themselves, but you're still going to be around. In the old days, we had just like one computer in the house and it was the family computer, it sat in the lounge room and everybody could see what was going on. Now that everybody has mobile devices, that gets a bit harder, but it doesn't mean it can't be done and it doesn't mean you can't put some boundaries in place in your home to uh, be a bit more effective about supervising. We're going to come back to that a little bit more in a minute. The last one is to trust our kids, to exercise wisdom as they demonstrate maturity. Now, obviously, the way you uh, trust a three-year-old is different to the way you trust a 20-year-old. Obviously, you're going to have to trust them more as they get older. So make sure you move through that trust. We do sometimes speak to parents who are quite um, uh, paranoid. Lock them up till they're 18 (laughs) right? And they don't trust their kids. But then one day their kids leave the home, whether it's temporarily or permanently, and there's a whole world out there they haven't been prepared for because their parents haven't allowed a little bit of trust along the way. If you give a little bit of trust, you can bring it back again um, if the kids step over the line, and they will, a million times before they get it right, so be prepared for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, I just want to drill this one home a little bit more too. Um, parenting's really simple, right? That's why you're all here. It's really simple. Parenting is about getting them from here when they're born and they do, you do everything for them. You feed them, you change them, you know. They don't do anything for themselves and then one day, by the grace of God, they leave home at about age 30 and they're fully functional adults, Right? <laughs> They are, they are responsible for themselves. So parenting is really about getting them from here to here. Right? That's it. You can all go home now. Right? It's easy. And, and so what you've got to do as they get older is gradually release those boundaries. And that applies in technology and it implies in, in all sorts of things. Social relationships. Gradually let it out. Because, you know, we talked about protect. My Wi-Fi filters at home are no good to my son in Mount Gambia. Telling him he has to dock his devices at night and plug his mobile phone in and his laptop when he's at home living under my roof and a mid-teenager is one thing. But how do I tell him not to take any technology into his bedroom when he's living in a share accommodation with other students and that's the only private space he's got to do his assignments, right? So you have to actually transition as they move on. Parenting is about transitions from you doing everything to them doing... When Ollie turned 18, he said to me, Dad, I can go to adult prison now. I said, you're right, Ollie, you got it. You are responsible for your actions, all right? And that's what parenting's about, getting them to take responsibility for their actions. He hasn't been to prison, so all right, or juvie for that matter. <laughs> but the point was he realised he owned his own behaviour. So there's two kind of extremes to that. There's the parents that don't trust their kids and don't let that out, and then there's the other parents that trust their kids too early, um, and if that's your, if your oldest child is your dem, your guinea pig, you know your oldest child is your guinea pig, um, and so sometimes we look at Don't our oldest child and we think that they're so mature for their age, much more mature for their age than probably everybody else's kids. Um, but when you have several children and you look at your youngest at that age, you think they're just a kid. What Sorry, was I, buddy. <laughs> 
what was I doing thinking that my 12-year-old was extremely mature? Because now I have a 12-year-old, a few kids down the track. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they don't know anything. <laughs> so just check that your oldest child, your guinea pig child, you are not putting too much trust in before they're actually emotionally ready for that. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. We still need to teach our kids, even in this technological world, even though it's whooshing by us old people so fast we can't keep up, there are things we still need to teach our kids. We need to teach them to put others before themselves. Now, as we go through these, I want you to think, this is what we do in real life, in ordinary day-to-day living. But let's think about how this translates to technology and how we make rules about technology in our house and how they use technology. Putting others before themselves... Show respect, compassion, kindness and patience. Have self-control and humility. Be wise with making good choices. Use their time well. Be content and not to conform to the materialism and restlessness of the world around them. Be sure of their identity, their personal, their family and their spiritual identity. We want to teach our kids this stuff, don't we? Isn't this what parenting's about? We want to teach our kids this stuff. So let's teach this kids, our kids this stuff in the technology world as well. You know, I loved um, Jess's commentary earlier about the question of the Bible and relevance, right? Is this stuff still relevant? And, and what are we seeing? We're seeing stuff that the Bible speaks to. But, you know, I often get parents ask me about problems on social media, on Facebook, and this thing's happening. I say, oh, well, have you looked up what the Bible's got to say about that? What do you mean? Yeah, ab- absolutely chock full of it. Seriously, the Bible talks about how a fool can't sort of hold their tongue. Talks about how silly it is to get angry. Have you, have you ever read the comment section at the bottom of the Sydney Morning Herald when they maybe write an article that might be a little bit socially divisive and the vitriol that comes out? The Bible speaks to all of this stuff. How your kid behaves in a group, in a social situation, you want the same virtues and character online. You want them to be... The, the place that they've been online to be a better place um, because they were there rather than a worse one. Mm. So we just quickly, we, we feel like we're really rushing through all this stuff because we do normally spend a lot of time on this. But anyway, stay with us. We're going to look at the six C's worth teaching on and offline. Now, we came up with six C's, which always is sometimes slightly a stretch, so you'll bear with us <laughs> as we link our C words. Um, and this is about consistency online and offline. Oh, there's another C. Very good. Consistency. That's good. All righty. So the first one is courteous. We teach our kids to be courteous and to have uh, to be polite. We teach them please and thank you, thank you for having me, all that. Um, we teach them about eye contact, um, and we can do that online. They can still learn to say please and thank you online. Uh, they can still have, learn to have eye contact. If you're, if you're talking to your child, I don't know if any of you have a child with a device that you're talking to and you're trying to get them to look at you, but they're too busy fiddling on their phone and you're kind of... Look you know, at me. It, <laughs> it's not just kids, can I say. Has any of you worked with someone? I'm sure you wouldn't do this. Uh, and, and they're with you, but they're not really with you. You know, something dings on their phone and they have to sort of just check that... Or, or they'll just answer it. You were right there, mid-sentence, they don't even excuse themselves and they're not with you anymore. This is just common courtesy. Online is kind of substitute any engagement with technology and how that works, right? Um, And, you know, common courtesy, if grandma sends you an email, you need to reply. And I know that most of you receive thousands, hundreds of thousands of emails a day and most of it you can ignore, but grandma was born in a generation where people actually took the time to get a piece of paper and use this old-fashioned technology called a pen and write out something and send it in the post. Well, she's adapted to 
technology and she's sending you an email and she will be devastated if you don't reply. Please pay her the courtesy of replying. We need to teach our kids these things because it doesn't come naturally to most of them. There's a big uh, difference between technically savvy and making wise choices. All right, the next one is considerate. Considerate is about respecting other people and are doing that offline and online. So respecting other people's physical and virtual spaces, not invading their space with their own opinions and thoughts when really it's not your space to do that. Um, listen to what uh, somebody else is saying online before blurting out your opinion on something. Exchanging ideas respectfully instead of um, being not very kind <laughs> online. Now, our kids need to be taught this because it doesn't come naturally to them to think of other people. That's a, a human condition, isn't it, to be selfish and self-centred. And our kids are just as self-centred as any of us and we need to help teach them the practical ways of thinking of other people. All right, the next one is compassion. This one is standing up for others rather than joining in with unkindness. You see this often in preteen girls on Instagram or something like that where somebody makes a, a slightly unkind comment and then it stacks on. And everybody can jump in. And we all know the devastation of cyberbullying. There are stories up here on the Central Coast to do with cyberbullying. There are stories down where we live and the South Coast to do with cyberbullying. They're everywhere. Kids can be very, very nasty to each other. And we need to teach our kids not to dabble in that, not to do that first little step that leads down that nasty track. Teach our kids to ask, are you okay? To look out for signs from their friends that something's not okay because of the pictures they start posting or the comments they start making that indicate actually there's something going on. Sometimes if these things can be fairly subtle. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know whether you've ever seen it, but we see a fair bit of it, um, particularly with um, teens who may be friends of our kids and, and they've kind of left their um, privacy settings fairly wide open and you see their lives begin to self-destruct in public. Um, and it, it can be quite sad. Uh, and you know, maybe you, it starts with a girl starting to post more and more... Uh, revealing photos of herself, looking for people to tell her she's beautiful. You know, our young girls need to know that they are beautiful not because of their physical appearance, but because of their character. And our young fellas need to know that if that's the way they value women, that there is so much more to life and that women are worth far more than asking them to send nude photos. And that whole sexting area is, a, is another thing that we don't have time to go into. That's a two-hour seminar on its own. Um, but th there's a whole kind of... Um, uh, thing that tends to happen in social media where people tend to polarise one way or other. They either unravel slowly in front of you in public or they live these perfectly groomed lives that have nothing to do with reality because we're so obsessed with the image that we present to the rest of the world. I, I can see some nods, yeah? Like, uh, th th this is not the way um, we find uh, contentment, which we'll come to shortly as well. Just crossing over all my C words at the moment. Let me go back to my notes. <coughs> the last point in compassion is, is this, the pl is this place where you are a kinder place because you're there? That's what we can teach our kids. Is your presence, child, teenager, uh, making that place a better place? The next one is caution. And James has just kind of touched on that one. And that's to do with modesty. And that's to do with body image and revealing and what... Your kids expose how they expose themselves online. We need to teach our kids why modesty and privacy are important, and they are 
We need to teach it to them because they live in an environment if everybody else is doing it, they won't know that it's not the right thing to do Actually, because that, everybody else is doing it. That's really worth pausing on for a minute. You probably um, have thought about telling them what's appropriate dress when they go out or, or what's appropriate to post. But have you thought about telling them why? Many of us grew up where that was the social norm, that it was, you know, what was expected. But if you grow up in a social norm which is quite different and there's a whole other discussion around the pornification of our culture in general and just the sort of stuff that makes it through to primetime TV that never would have when I was a kid. Um, if you grow up in that sort of boiling frog sort of environment where things are at a totally different temperature, maybe you actually need to stop and explain why it's important. Maybe that thought has never occurred to them as to why that's not appropriate. Self-respect. We have to teach it to them. Confidence. Reputation, something that children do not think about <laughs> past today. We have to teach it to them. That's why we're their parents. And there's this sense that the online world is ephemeral. You post something and it goes away. But even if you use apps like Snapchat, is it people familiar with Snapchat? Uh, send a photo, it, it promises that it'll self-destruct in 10 seconds and it'll be gone. Reality is it's just a false sense of security. Um, you can imagine the sorts of things you might be tempted to post if you think it will be auto-deleted and no-one will have it. But the, the, the hard facts of life are that as soon as something leaves your control, it's in someone else's control and they can grab it. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we use Snapchat with our teens. It's, you know, technology itself is neither good nor bad. It's how you use it that matters. And so you need to teach them the wisdom of how they discern what they will and won't do and why. Mm. Uh, the next one is confidential. Passwords are private... Secrets are not for sharing. It seems obvious, but it isn't. And it isn't to our kids. And we know because we've had situations, even this week, where it hasn't been obvious and we've had to re-teach it again and again. Because you know with parenting and teaching kids, you don't just say it once, do you? How many times did you have to say to your kids, say thank you? Five million? Conservatively. <laughs> you know, we have to keep hammering this home because they're not going to get it. Um, passwords are private. And everything should be password protected. We speak to very many parents who don't password protect devices. Their own phones are not password protected. So their children can reach into their mother's handbag and just play on their phone or get their iPad out and just... And apps aren't password protected. And uh, so that we have a situation... We talked to a lady yesterday whose grandchildren drained her bank account by buying in-app purchases on a game on her iPad. It was devastating for her because she's not... Uh, doesn't have a lot of money. And her bank account was drained by Smurf something. Smurf berries. Smurf berries or something. Hundreds of dollars worth of Smurf berries consumed. If you haven't password protected your devices and your app store, you need to. And your children need to. And they need to learn that they need to do that. And they need to learn or, why they need to do it. Or perhaps they're of an age where they know what that pin is and you're okay with that. You probably haven't set up your phone or device to be child safe. No pool fence on that because you use it. But you now you've just handed it over in an unlocked state. Yeah, you might want to think about that. And we have to teach our children that when they get told a piece of news, that doesn't mean that they can go and declare it to their chat circle group or their Facebook page. Uh, they need to know that secrets are to be kept until it's appropriate to make them public, if ever. We have to teach this to our kids because they and don't know it. You know that difference between tech savvy and, and um, discernment? Has anyone seen the teens or the, you know, forgive me if you fall into this category, the Gen Ys maybe that, um, 
that every thought that enters their brain ends up on Twitter or Facebook, you know, and what you had for breakfast and your smashed avocado and whatever, whatever it is, right, everything just ends up online. And if a friend has told you something, did you check with them that that was okay to share? Is this public? Oh, you're pregnant, fantastic. Guess what, everybody? Maybe that's not out there yet, you know? So you just need to, because trust is a two-edged sword. It, it, it cuts both ways and it's hard to gain and easy to lose. And the last one is contentment. How hard is it to teach our children to be content when everything is available to them? And if it, you've handled Everything that, is available to them instantly. You know how your kids get frustrated if they have to wait a whole minute for the microwave to finish? <laughs> I get frustrated by that. We live in a world of instant gratification. How do we teach our children to be content? I think as parents, we definitely can play a part in this. We don't have to give our kids what they want when they want it. Just because they want to watch this Netflix show right now because they can, because it's on Netflix and not on free-to-air TV and they have to wait till 7.30, doesn't mean that they have to watch it right now. Just because everybody else has downloaded this game doesn't mean they can come home from school and say, can I download this game because everybody else did today. We don't, they don't have to do that. You don't have to let that. You can uh, let your children wait. Let's face it, my profession has not made this easy for you, right? There is always version 2.3.6 coming out, right? With a killer feature and you can download it now, right? And, and you don't have to go to a store and buy a game. A couple of thumb taps and you've got it now. So we actually can choose to say, you know what? You're going to need to wait for that. Um, yeah. we, we, different kids are different. We have one that was born with a set of calipers in their hand measuring the slice of cake to make sure that... <laughs> It's exactly right and we're all getting the same amount or if, if there is one bigger, it's mine, right? And, and content, contentment, the enemy of contentment is comparison. Okay? So if you want to learn to be happy, stop looking at your neighbour. And that's a hard lesson. And you know what? Peer pressure is not just a teen issue. As you rock up with all the other mums in your SUVs to drop off the kids at school, you'll be looking at... What, um, what technology those kids have got and have I bought the right thing for my child? We need to learn to be content, to model contentment and teach them contentment. And sometimes that means using a really, really, really hard but advanced parenting technique. No. <laughs> it really works, but it only is strong as parental resolve. So you need to not only say no, but mean it. Right. There's a lot more we can say on this whole topic. We're going to finish up with a few things. First thing is um, a guy a few years ago, do you remember MySpace? You remember MySpace? Yeah. It was I, going I love to be the irony the... of this quote because it's self-referential, right? About... <laughs> uh, MySpace was going to be the next big thing, but then it wasn't actually the next big thing. And then thing. it was and then it wasn't again. Yeah, they've tried yeah. a bit, but it's not really. Um, but he wrote a book right at the kind of peak of MySpace thinking that this was going to take off and it didn't. But he was quite perceptive because he was looking behind what makes something big. And um, we love to use this quote because we think it really sums up a thinking about this whole issue. And he says this, The fundamental biblical principles for raising a child aren't circumstantial. They are eternal. They don't change with new technologies or theories or new families. Scripture clearly calls us to love discipline, teach, guide, protect, nurture and develop our children. Isn't that what we're here to do? And we do that online and we do it offline and we do it all the time and scripture teaches us how to do that. The secret to successful cyber parenting 
is remembering that it's more about the parenting than it is about the cyber. It's not about what tools I install, although I need to make my stuff safe for my kids because I want the pool fence. It's about how I teach them character and how I model that character so that they will grow up to make wise choices about their engagement with technology. Now, we've got a few resources up there um, that we're going to put up. There are some websites where you can go to find information on things if you feel a little bit like you really don't know what's going on. There are places you can go. Everything you need to know is online. So you just have to kind of Google it. (laughs) It's there. But there are some better places than others, and those are some. We have some other resources. We have our book, Cyber Parenting, which we have here. It's over there, um, which goes into obviously a lot more depth on this. We have a Facebook page, Cyber Parenting, which generally I just kind of put up uh, links to other articles that look into different aspects of the cyber world. So again, if you're on Facebook, that's a good place to go. We run seminars um, between an hour and three hours normally on various different topics related to this. Uh, if you are interested, if you are interested for your school, your church, your community group, um, we have some flyers that you can take and get in contact with us if you want to talk about that. The very last thing to finish up. In the book of James in the Bible, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. The Bible is relevant. God is still relevant. He's still there, and he will still help us when we need help, and we can still ask him for that help, and he will give it to us. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, James and Simone. You guys have presented some with some really helpful and practical information of which I am guilty for doing or not doing. Um, More is caught than what is taught. Otherwise, they will develop their own parameters and means about that. Quick story, a kid at school who I teach um, did present, um, organise his own security system. Uh, His downfall was that he did it with his own fingerprint recognition. So when finding out who the culprit was and asking and no one standing up, it was an interesting um, uh, exercise to line them up one by one and put your finger there here and he couldn't, uh, the nerves came through too much and he couldn't, oh, so I did it. Anyway. For a fee, I can teach him how to get around that, but that's another story. <laughs> well, you guys, as you have said, have just really scratched the surface and I'm sure there's a bunch of questions that we will have. We're going to open up the floor now. Nath and Michelle have mics, so if you've got a question that you would like to ask James or Simone... Fly your hand up and we'll do our best to answer those questions. What would you recommend being the best program to put on your computer to act as a pool fence? Hmm. We have some suggestions in our book. Google is your friend because it depends on your needs and your computer and your setup and your family. Um, There are some good ones out there. but you will have to do your, yeah. your research. I, I can't talk to you about a specific program because there's so much more goes into it. But let me talk to you about some principles, right? The security guys um, in IT talk about defence in depth, right? Because what you've got to think through is, what am I trying to protect? Am I trying to protect my computer in my lounge room? Well, that's probably not too hard. OK, I'll install some software on that. But have I thought about my Xbox and my Wii and my PlayStation? Have I thought about um, my laptop and my phone... Ah, so, and then I've got to update them all. Um, so now I've got to put software on everything, which is good. But then they've got another device. And then what about the kid that comes into my house for a sleepover and brings his own device and hasn't got any software on it? So what am I going to do there? So that, that's one layer. And then I have to think, well, 
maybe for the kid that comes into my house, I want to actually protect my home network so that they can't show my kids porn on their laptop when they come in or their tablet. Okay, so I'm going to put something at the modem level. And, and uh, again, the technology changes so quickly that even if I had done all the research for you and saved you the effort of thinking, um, it will be out of date by the time you hit the store. So you need to actually go and look at what's available. Um, if you're a real geek, you can make any modem do what you need to do to try and protect your network. Um, if you're not, go look for the ones that have tried to build a service in that's, uh, that allows for parental control through a web screen and, and, and dumbs it down for you rather than requiring you to know exactly which bit of which packet you're going to set as it goes through the, you know, this is like, life's too short. So, yeah. um, so there are, so uh, one that was current a couple of years ago was called CyberSafe 24-7. It was your modem that plugged in at the network and had all that stuff in it. Um, so that, that's one layer of technology again. Then you need to think about, well, what happens if they go over to a friend's place and then you're back to putting stuff on their devices. Um, it's, a, it's an arms race. Stuff changes all the time. And there, there are actually financial motives around breaking through your protection for your kids. Um, pornography is a billion-dollar industry, and they know it's addictive, and they want your kids addicted. Right? Um, so uh, you need to um, stay aware and just keep up to date and try and, try and impact that. so much of what you're um, saying. What is tricky for me is the practical side of actually doing it. So, um, you know, going and trying to research all this stuff takes so much time in this really busy world. And I get so overwhelmed that it is easy for me just to throw my hands up in the air and say, I can't do it. I just can't. So if, I, if there was somewhere that I could go where there was something more practical and hands-on so I could see that I could do it myself, that would be easy. As I get everything that you're saying, totally get it. Teaching it to my kids is tricky and difficult, especially when you've got a lot of them. Mm. <laughs> How old are your kids, youngest to oldest? Uh, youngest is 11 and eldest is 19. Okay, you, you have got a fabulous opportunity here. Um, so we said you don't teach them about technology, but you know what? They can teach you. And there's a fantastic conversation. Let, let me give you some hints about how you start this conversation with a teenager so that they don't shut down. You say, what apps are your friends using? Rather than, what's on your phone? Right? Boom, walls come down. But if you say, what's the latest thing that everyone's using at school or at uni if they're, or, or, or at work or whatever it is, um, they can start to teach you about the technology. Hey, can you show me how you do this? So you get this great parenting conversation, particularly with older teens, where they teach you the technology and you start to ask some questions around, oh, really? Do, do people post things like that? What do you think about that? And you start a dialogue. Now, when you have much younger kids and you're still just in the pool fence mode and really looking to protect, um, one of the things that we often recommend is, you know, maybe you're connected to a church where there's a young guy, you might find them hanging around the, the sound desk or the technical sort of <laughs> stuff, right? And maybe there's a, there's a ministry that they would love to be able to help. Say, could you just help? They would love to help you set up safety features on your modem if you don't understand it or whatever. Um, you know, there, maybe you can build some connections. You don't have to be an expert. You do, who'd have thought parenting takes time? Man, <laughs> I'd love this whole um, kid thing if, if I could just get back on with my life and then they would grow up. And, you know, it takes time and we have to invest. And, and, and so we need to invest, but we don't have to invest in the micro detail of technology if that's not us. Um, we can build relationships 
And some of the, the resources that um, you need to look for, rather than just an open Google search looking for something, um, sites that actually tell you about content, for example, Common Sense Media or uh, IMDB, if you're looking at whether this movie is suitable for my kid, can be a very quick go-to reference without having to get, become an expert on anything. These guys are going to hang around. I'm sure they'll be happy to answer more questions. So hit them up, come and see them, come and speak to them personally and you'll get your question answered.